Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Episode 14 of Shirt Show. We're talking with Juan from MMX in St. Louis. Let's go! Oh, there we go. He's got a. <laughs> you cold? <laughs> well, we sorry we were late. It was really it's all Dylan again, uh, per usual. And he had a trouble finding a parking spot for his van, and also mm. the reception is because he couldn't find a hot spot apparently. Yeah, I, I'm in a I'm in a creeper van right now. <laughs> Does it say free candy on the side? It, it doesn't. It says free puppies. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot cheaper to steal puppies off the road than it is to buy candy. Like it's expensive. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so how are you? Me or yeah. you? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I don't I'm, care how Dylan is. Yeah. Oh, I wonder yeah. how you are. I'm good. You know, uh, I feel good. I dress good. <laughs> Yeah, are you wearing are you wearing a fur coat? It's a it's a faux fur coat. I don't want PETA or anybody coming after me. I love the animals. It, it's summer. Well, when you're me, I mean, it's cold <laughs> everywhere. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, it has, and that goes with your logo you've got there. That embroidery doesn't it? A cool, a cool company, a cool yeah. local uh, company made these for me. Mm. Tell tell us about that. Well, it's hot. Okay. <laughs> See, I knew it. <laughs> it's too hot. So, um, so as my career kind of shifted and trying to figure out again what my purpose in life is, and uh, going through some of the things that I went through, uh, right now there's a big uh, push to talk about mental health. Um, I mean, and we 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 look at it in all the communities, especially uh, the black community. There are not a lot of um, you know, black men talking about addressing our mental health. And so uh, I started doing a lot of things about addressing my own uh, uh, mental health through the traumas and stuff that I've experienced in my life. And so one of the things that I'm doing, I'm, I'm working with a therapist named Michelle Steeg, and she told me, uh, you know, talking through my, my traumas, that a lot of these parts, um, these emotions, these feelings that I've kept at bay for so long um it, it's it's cause, causing the deterioration of our mental health so it's important to accept those parts even if it's difficult and so um a lot of things that have happened to me through my life uh to where i've wanted to have a cold heart and i said no i have to be positive i have to put a smile on my face so i can put smiles on other people's faces um after a while that puts a lot of weight on your own shoulders and uh, I broke down. And so I had to learn to accept um, that part of me to be cold sometimes, to, to sometimes tell people no, um, to feel sadness. So I had to allow myself. So that's kind of what the shirt represents is allowing that part of myself in. And then everybody else who wears it um, kind of sharing their own story in the same way too. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. In fact, I think it would be, I should be, I think everybody should be in therapy, you know? Wouldn't that be, if there was mandatory, this is America, so I know you can't do that. But if you could and say, hey, everybody's got to go to therapy, whether it's once a week or once a month or a little bit, because if you say, because if it was mandatory, then if you were say, hey, I'm going to my therapist, whatever, then you're not looked upon as, as weak or nobody looks down upon you, you know? Like, oh, what do you mean you're going to therapy? What's wrong with you? But if everybody went to therapy, even if you were fine and it's like, hey, I feel fine today or this week or whatever, and you still go to therapy, you could talk about whatever, you know? And just like you said, or, or maybe um, talk about what you're going to do, set your goals, you know? And so, I don't know, therapy is um, underrated. Well, I think it's the... We go, we work out, you know, uh, a lot of people who work out aren't necessarily working out to lose weight. They're working out to maintain their body. Uh, they're, they're working out for just their overall uh, long-term health, um, just to keep their bodies in check. And so we so often think about just our physical bodies that we don't think about ourselves emotionally or mentally. And so we, we, we have to make sure that I call it a checkup from the neck up. Um, I do it every morning when I look in the mirror I just kind of have a checkup from the neck up, ask myself, how am I? 
uh, ask myself, what am I going to do that day? Who am I? Um, who am I going to do? Doggone it, people like you. <laughs> <laughs> I need to put a sweater on or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, it's it's kind of the, the same way. I mean, uh, you tell your buddy that you're going to go work out. You go tell your buddy that you're going to go for a walk or you're going to go, um, you know, you're going to hang out, do some other things. It should be socially acceptable to say, hey, I, I, yeah, I'm going to go to therapy tonight and I'll meet you for drinks later or something like that. It should be, it should be the norm. It should be normalized. I feel like it is more so now than it was probably when we were younger. Yeah. But yeah, that's what this, that's what this is for me. I mean, I get to talk to Andy and he gets to just put me down <laughs> until, until, it, until it's live. Then he just acts all nice. <laughs> <laughs> so whose mental health is that helping? <laughs> I think his. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't just, no, like the hurt, hurt people hurt, and so yeah, and maybe maybe it is that I'm I'm hurt, you know, and so I've got a, I could use maybe that helps. So Dylan, I appreciate that. Yeah, we yeah. call that we call that projection. <laughs> <laughs> so so give us give us some background because I I don't know you as well as Andy does. Let me like where how'd you get started and you know how'd you get to where you are now. Um. So I'm actually from the Kansas City, Missouri area, and I moved here in fifth grade. Um, I thought I was going to be a professional baseball player. And so I actually went to Forest Park Community College for two years. I played baseball there and um, you know, I was getting scouted by the Rangers. Um, and then eventually I was going to go play for Wash U for my junior year. But uh, I ended up having my daughter uh, when I was 19 during my freshman year. And so after my sophomore year, I had some choices to make, you know, was I going to be that struggling uh, student athlete trying to work? Cause I was working full time. I was going to school full time and I was playing baseball or was I just going to focus on my family 100%. And so I decided to focus on my family and I left uh, baseball and left college. Um, the guys on the team were very, very awesome. I think it helped that I did it before the season started. Um, I actually got to go out and talk to the team and tell them what my decision was. And they were very proud of me. And, and so I just entered the workforce um, since then. A lot of different jobs. Um, eventually, I mean, at one time I was a residential building inspector. Um, before that, I was a union laborer. I did concrete, asphalt. Um, I mean, I... I I rode on the back of a trash truck. Um, I've done a lot of different things, but then eventually I landed in law enforcement where I was in there for 11 years. Um, never in a million years did I think I was ever going to be in law enforcement. Um, I had several people tell me throughout the years that I would be good, but I was like, uh, no. <laughs> and so what drew you, what drew you to that? It's, it's funny. Cause I had, uh, there was a, a chief of police at the time that, I was playing flag football with a group of guys who were police officers. And they said, um, you know, the way that you think and you carry yourself, we think you'd make a great, you know, a great police officer. And I was like, well, number one, no. Number two, don't tell any of my friends that. And so uh, I, you know, I, I wasn't too interested. And so he told me to think about it. And as I do with uh, pretty much anything, uh, I thought about it for a full year. And when the year came back around, you know, I still felt that I, I was being called to do it because, you know, there's not too many black police officers in the St. Charles County area. And um, I wanted to ch help change the perspective of police officers and how people viewed them. And so that's, I, I got into it for that and I wanted to help people. Yeah. And so that led uh, you that led for us to meet actually, because we use, uh, going back years, five years, six years ago or, or so, we used to make videos um, when somebody came in to get shirts and they had an interesting story. Well, we'd make a video about it. Well, one day a guy came in and he was getting these tourniquet, these cat five, or sorry, cat tourniquet holders, cat five, <laughs> these cat five tourniquet, tourniquet holders. No, but these cat tourniquet holders, because most, what we found out, or he found out anyway, is most first responders kept them in their car, kept them in their pockets, at, at their cargo pants or something. And he wanted to have it on their vest, like on their kit or on their belt, their duty belt or something. And so uh, 
uh, I had this idea to make this video showing that the difference of you know the time it takes to apply out of your out of this holder or, or like try to open the bag that's out of your pocket and so um we needed a few police officers uh and and you were one of them you showed up that day and we got these oxygenators from cvs or whatever and put them <laughs> on your finger uh, each of your fingers and then iphone timers you know to see uh who would win and then I knew that we would get along when you had this idea to, because you had the, you had the cap tourniquet holder and the other guy didn't. And I knew that we would get along when you had this idea to, when you finished, you just start eating pizza. <laughs> 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 so I was like, yeah. And so that made, that was in the video and, uh, and he still makes those. I want to yeah. say. Yeah, he does. So, and holsters and every, and all kinds of other stuff. But you know, that's when we met. Yeah. And then it turned into, Ooh, uh, it, it turned into a very emotional uh, friendships, <laughs> mm. uh, ups and downs. But I think the the biggest part was, you know, it was a time it was everything was happening in Ferguson, and uh, then we started having police officers who were being ambushed and shot and killed. And man, I was just uh, you know seeing how that you know how it affected my family and you know and my daughter. Um, you know, some of the things that she would talk to me about. And and then, you know, you're sitting there just wondering, am I next? You know, I mean, police officers are just sitting in their cars and people are just walking up and, and shooting them. And so, you know, there's that feeling of, am I next? And so there were two St. Louis police officers that were ambushed again um, and shot. And I was just, I was, I was super emotional and I just wanted to get a positive message out. And so um, I, I called Andy and I, we had an, this video idea that we wanted to do called Send Me. And, uh, you know, Andy was super, super crazy busy. And so we hadn't done it yet. Well, I got a hold of him. I said, hey, like, I, I need to do this video. Do you have time? And he said, no, I don't have time. You said, I think you said something like, I'm sitting outside in my car. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> he said, yeah I, I, yeah, I don't have time. But then there was a pause and I didn't say anything. And then the next message came and he said, but I'll make time. And so uh, we, I, I think we went and I think for about 15, 20 minutes, um, tried to find the right spot. And then for about another 15 minutes, did some filming and then like we shook hands. It, well, I got in the, the car and, and record the audio with them. And then we just left <laughs> it, it, and that was it. But finding that spot. So we ended up uh, finding the spot behind Cole's department <laughs> store in their alley. And it was overcast. Not and, sketchy like, at all. None. <laughs> It was in it like it was the worst, I don't know, lighting and all this, everything to do with it. Like, whatever, let's try it. We're, we'll make it work. And then right when we started recording, like the clouds parted <laughs> was a, and out comes this ray of sunshine. And oh, my gosh, this video. Uh, well, you tell them, tell them about it. Well, so we, we filmed the video and then. Uh, he's like, yeah, I'll, ch I'll try to work on it. And so he works on it. Was it, did you work on it that night? I think it was like Thanksgiving break. It was the day. It, yeah. It was right in there. And so I had time. I think I went home and <laughs> yeah, I didn't, ha I didn't go to Thanksgiving with my family. I just worked on this video for you, Juan. <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> well, so he does this video, sends it to me and I'm like, ah, this is, this is perfect. And so we're talking about, we, we always talked about algorithms and when, you know, when's the prime time to post and everything. So we're getting an idea of when to post it. So I post it. And at that time, and I, I'm kind of still that same way, but when I post stuff, I just post it and then I walk away from it because I just it really, it's kind of like a therapeutic release for me every single time I post something because I put a lot either into the work or into what I say. And um, I posted it and I just walked away. And an hour later, Andy texts me and goes, hey, did you, uh, did you look at your video? I go, yeah, you sent it to me. I watched it before I posted it. Yeah, I looked at it. He was like, no, like, 
have you looked at it recently? You probably need to look. And I said, okay. And so I looked and I think after an hour, it had about 80,000 views. And I was like, uh, what is, what is going on? And so it just kind of took off. Um, I think right now it's, it's over a million and a half views. I had police officers from all over the world uh, messaging me, Germany, the Netherlands, um, just uh, in solidarity of kind of like why they actually do the job because they feel like it was a calling to be a servant um, for the community. And that's kind of the message that I wanted to spread and to see so many people across the world just respond to that one video was from, you know, St. Charles County. <laughs> it was really, really cool. And, th- and this was in, I want to say it was 2016. And yeah. so um, things were still, you know, like you said, there were, there were people getting, police officers getting shot, uh, still are ambushed like you just said and there but why but why exactly was that happening at that time it was so much hate and anger um it was during mike brown and so uh everyone was fighting um at the time a lot of people were angry at police a lot of people were angry at the justice system um you, you just had a lot of anger and and hate and so, I mean, it's kind of like the way it is right now, you know, people are at each other's throats, um, you know, just well, right now you add COVID and everything to it that adds to it. But um, you had communities that were just, they were, they were angry. And so there was this um, us versus them community versus police. And so that's what we had at the time. And so, so off of that, that video, this is where the t-shirt brand comes in <laughs> and so um yeah so tell us tell us about your why you decided to start a, a t-shirt brand so uh, then andy says hey this is a, an amazing message and i think you could get more even more reach if you put together just this meaningful t-shirt and i said no <laughs> i said i don't know anything about running an online store or selling you know merchandise and he's like well, I think I know a thing or two about that. I might be able to help you. I know a guy. And so uh, we kind of started talking about it. We started fleshing out what the t-shirt should look like and uh, so many ideas, but I think it took me coming in, which is the the awesome part about Shirt Kong is that, that hands-on personal experience that you can have, um, you know, if it's needed, because we sat down in a room um, him, uh, Brandon, and, and me for about an hour and a half and just kept staring at this image on a screen and putting stuff on and take it off, put stuff on, take more off to where we just had this, uh, this one message of send me across the chest. And it just, man, it, it just took off. I remember. So how did you decide to, to like, what were the, some of the, what's some of the background as far as putting it together? Like you said, okay, I'm going to open the Shopify account. I'm going to ship out and I'm going to commit to this. Like it wasn't your full-time job, you know? So you were balancing starting this t-shirt brand, which requires all kinds of time with, with, you know, in the, like it was your side hustle, I guess. Yeah. It's, I, I had no idea the magnitude of the work that comes along with it. I mean, I spent time at, at Shirt Kong and, and watched everybody kind of do their thing. And so, you know, when I put these, you know, the Shopify store together, and, you know, I'm texting Andy, hey, do I need to have this setting or, or this setting or how do I need to have this? So he's kind of helping me through that. Well, then I start putting the pre-order out. And I want to say after two weeks, uh, we sold around 600 shirts and, um, it's like, it's just like, I, I'm not at shirt calm, you know, it, these shirts are going to come to my house. And so I want to say it was for four days straight after I would get off of work, I would work on packing these shirts up until sometimes two, three o'clock in the morning to ship out to people. And, uh, man, 
yeah, I, I mean, then you talk about, you know, getting an accountant and trademarking and taxes. And I, I had no idea what was all involved in having your own brand or, or online retail store. But I learned pretty quickly. <laughs> what, yeah, you, you, you got thrown into that pretty quick by the sounds of it. Yeah, it was, man, it, it seemed like it was overnight. I, I mean, I just wanted to put a message out and, and Andy was right. Andy was the one that was kind of, you know, you know, Andy knows t-shirts. And so he was pushing me. Um, <laughs> yeah, he said, eh, maybe <laughs> a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but he was pushing me because he knows the power of t-shirts and I'm a graphic tee, uh, you know, hoarder myself. And I didn't think about that, but Andy was thinking about being able to spread that message even further. And so, uh, man, that was, it was trial by, you know, fire and, but it was, it was good because I got to to talk to and meet a lot of cool people through those shirts and uh, sharing that message. Well, the printers, we complain all the time about brands, you know, that's like the common thing. Like, oh my gosh, here comes another brand. And, and, uh, and, you know, if it weren't for that, we were friends, I probably, obviously I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gotten into it, you know, because it's, uh, it is, it's uh, most of the time anyway, with brands, it's hard, you know, there's so much, like you just said, there's so much to it. And it's very hard to be, to be a successful brand. And so what, what are some things that, um, I know I'm putting myself out here, but what are some things that you, as a brand, what are some of your complaints, um, you know, about printers? Like what were, what were some of your frustrations? I think my biggest frustration was how popular and busy my printer was uh, during that time because, and I will say this, my experience is, can probably, it's probably a lot different than a lot of people because we were friends. Um, but, you know. So a lot I, of other people are just pissed off. I mean, you <laughs> you took it with a grain of salt because you were friends. <laughs> But in reality, if it, if it was anybody else, you would have just went somewhere else. Like, I don't know what's <laughs> up with this company. <laughs> I get it. Well, I understand. I, <laughs> well, I think I looked at it at, through the lens of, uh, since we were friends that, you know, he's got my best interests at heart. So maybe I was a little blinded. I had some blinders on uh, because we were friends. And um, yeah, there were times that I would get angry because I would want, stuff done sooner, you know, uh, sooner than they were, they were, but, you know, I was a police officer at the time and there was a lot, you know, even my childhood, you know, we shoot, uh, we weren't rich. We didn't have a whole lot of money. I mean, there were times that my family and I was my brother, my sister, my mom and my dad, we all held hands at the kitchen table praying for our next meal. And so when you experience stuff like that in your life, um, there are times it, it kind of teaches you uh, a little bit of patience and, uh, and grace. And so, uh, I would probably say my, the biggest complaint that I ever had was, uh, just sometimes was, was time, but I had to understand that, you know, it's, my default setting is the world revolves around me and it doesn't. And so <laughs> I had, had to remove myself from that default setting. My biggest question is, uh, Andy, did you not offer or do any like fulfillment or anything back then? Nope. Uh, that's the, we still don't really. We do a little bit now because it is such a popular thing, but it's, right. we weren't, we didn't have the space. Um, and also we were just too busy. We didn't have the team, you know, in place to do any of that stuff. Yeah. So. But I was going to ask well, you is the friends and family are like, for me, I don't know if this is the way, same thing for you, Dylan, but whenever friends or family place an order here, it's like normally the worst. It and takes like had, forever. It's the worst. And so I had an, I remember this is a true story. I, my aunt says, oh, I have this great idea for a shirt. It's going to say grateful dad. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. And so we'll, um, we'll get the art for you. Da, da, da. We did it. And I ship and she's in Virginia. I mail her the shirts. She gets them and she says, you spelled grateful wrong. I said, what do you mean? Well, grateful dad can be g-r-e-a-t and or it can be g-r-a-t-e like grateful dad or grateful dad i was just like what do you mean what are you talking about and so uh she we spelled it wrong and she and we had to reprint them this is for my aunt 
<laughs> and uh, and so I'm like, oh my god! Anytime uh, friends or family, nor- normally it's it's always it's my, always my thing. My thing with friends and family is they never want to go through the proper channels. And <laughs> for me, or something you mean? Yeah, for me, that's the hardest thing. Is I'm like, hey, like literally, I know you're my brother, but like, email Sarah. She'll get you a quote. She'll set the whole thing up. Like, tell her it's you, and you know, she'll give you my price or whatever. And then like, we'll go through the normal channels, like put it on the schedule and everything else. Everybody else is like, no, just like, here's a napkin and like, you know, (laughs) do this now. Or, you know, are you doing it on Monday? And it's like, that's my biggest thing. And it's just kind of like, go through the normal channels. It's like with anybody, anytime anybody needs anything or they're asking me to do a favor, I'm like, email me. Because my day-to-day routine is like, I get in, I check my email and I use my email as like a checklist of like, this is what I'm going to do today. So I have like a super neat inbox and it's just kind of like, if you want me to do anything, add it to that checklist for me, like add it to my email because it's the only way it's going to get done. And friends and family never want to do that. They just want to send you a text or send you a Facebook message or something. And then I just forget about it because it's not in my day to day and then it goes away and then we're not friends anymore and (laughs) whatever. I do the same thing even here with like people, um, They'll, they'll say, hey, don't forget, I need to order this or order order that. Or if there's some kind of message that they want to get, I'm like, don't even give me a sticky note. Don't write it on a piece of paper. Don't tell me. Whatever you do, don't tell me. Yeah, don't email tell me. me. <laughs> like email me whatever you want and I'll flag it and I'll get it. Yeah. But if you tell me something, I, for, I already forgot it. <laughs> well, people, people here ask me all the time. They're like, oh, is it okay if I take like two Fridays from now off or whatever? I'm like, ah. Uh add it to the schedule because i am not going to remember in any way and then the best part is it's always like i'm sitting at my desk and chris is like oh is sarah not coming in today i'm like guess not she's super fucking late and then i realize i text her i'm like where are you she's like oh i'm in like north carolina and she's like i told you like two weeks ago i'm like i don't fucking i don't know i don't remember so yeah so what's your role now you're not a police officer anymore no, no. So now I'm, I work in a school district. Um, you know, I'm a, a coordinator of diversity and awareness. And so working with uh, teachers and students on, you know, creating better relationships, but then also understanding the differences in, in all of us. And so, because I remember when I was in high school, the motto was, we don't see color, which is in theory, you know, if you, if you think about it, yeah, you don't want to judge somebody by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. So like, I, I, I get that. Um, but when you, when you shy away from it and you don't talk about it, you can't recognize it. You can't celebrate it. Uh, you can't create awareness. And so we have to, we had to do a 360 and say, all right, now we're a 180. Hey, we are going to talk about it. Um, we're going to talk about it. So that way we all understand where everyone is coming from. Um, Because whether you're on the North end of O'Fallon where uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, hunting and farming, or if you're coming from the different parts of St. Peter's where there's a lot more, um, you know, uh, business businesses and, and industrial stuff, you know, we all need to know where we're all coming from. So that way we can all kind of coexist with each other um, cause the big thing that became was, uh, people getting offended. And so no one wants to purposely offend another person. And so working on how do we, um, how to respect and care for one another through our differences. And that's with faculty and staff or in, like in the administration or with students too? It's, it's everybody, everybody in the district, uh, including, you know, the 18,000 plus kids. Um, it's just me. Uh, I'm one department. I'm one person. I don't have a secretary. I don't have uh, anybody else. Um, but a lot of the staff do an amazing job to to help me. And then uh, the students with the different clubs that we have, they do a lot to help me too. So yeah, it's faculty, staff, um, students, and sometimes even with parents. I'll have meetings with with parents uh, sometimes, and and we'll talk about diversity awareness. So are you still doing the clothing line stuff or pushing that at all still? Yeah. So, um, the, the send me is still there. Um, right now it's a, it's a, a really hot issue right now. 
Yeah. And so a lot of it, I've just been kind of just kind of spreading positive messages through that. Um, but I've been a sneakerhead all my life and I have way too many pairs of shoes. And uh, so I, I wanted to start making just a, a, a brand or a line that was me, you know, what, um, you know, who, who am I and, and kind of seeing if people could appeal to that. And so, um, so I started a separate uh, brand from Send Me, and so I'm I'm doing that now too. So I get it. You basically you got into work at the school so that you could sling shirts to the kids in school. <laughs> I got. I, wish, I, I see I your marketing you. techniques. I get He's it. Got Eighteen thousand customers there. I know. He's like, oh, how can I bring each kid in, ask them questions, and be like, well, do you like this shirt? Uh, you know, bring me 20 bucks tomorrow and, uh, it's yours. <laughs> yeah. It, and that's the, uh, you know, I, I think the biggest benefit for me is, you know, getting to see the kids. That's what sucked about the whole quarantine and school shutting down is you don't get to see the kids. Um, and so that, you know, I loved hanging around the Customers. kids, <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, they, I love being around the kids, but it was cool to also see their style because you get to see what they're wearing and, mm-hmm. and it kind of gives you ideas of, Hey, okay. So that's what's in or that's what's trending. And some of the stuff I just, I couldn't get into, but the one thing that I did, the short shorts. Yeah. Those are back. I like those. The do the, the guys, we can wear short shorts now, just like, like back in the day in the nineties. And so I haven't um, seen you wearing any of those yet. Oh, I, on Instagram, I got them. Uh, hmm. I'm in Instagram with them all. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'll be bringing those back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the body for that. <laughs> oh. so what are, what are some things that you could, like you can share about, um, just starting a brand, you know, like that could make like a tip anyway for, for a printer that, that would make it, make it easier. Obviously, uh, the turnaround, that's important, I guess, because you mentioned that was your biggest struggle with us. But I mean, besides that, like start with starting a, a clothing brand, you know, because this is your second one. So you had to send me, you had all those things you learned from that. And now you've got this. And so like, what if, what, what's different about this one? I think it's important one to develop. Um, and some people disagree with me. Um, I only work with people that I can develop relationships with. And so if you were a screen printer that I couldn't text you at 8 PM and tell you that I'm struggling, I don't want you printing my shirts. Um, because I think that, uh, human beings were wired for human connection. And so if you're doing something as important as your own brand, uh, creating this brand and, and it's so personal to me, like these t-shirts aren't every shirt that I've put together. None of these shirts are, uh, I think those just be cool and make a whole lot of money. That's, you know, that's not, uh, I mean, I've had to send me line for over two years. I mean, well, 2017, I think was the first uh, time that we did it. So three years, and I want to say we've produced maybe five or six shirts in three years, but that's because that's, it means that much to me and I don't want to just throw stuff out there. So, um, I know a lot of people won't have the same thoughts and feelings, but you have to put stuff out there that means something to you and then working with somebody that you can develop a a personal relationship with makes it so much, uh, easier. Um, plus, you know, I know there are times that, you know, you know, Andy would get upset about something and we'd hash it out or it would cause him to make choices and decisions. I mean, there are times that I have an idea that I was dead set on and he would call me like, man, I, I know you really want this, but I just don't think it's going to look as great or you give you the same effect that you want. And knowing that, he took a sec. Like he could just print whatever. I mean, it 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 gets some money coming in, and he'll just you know do whatever the customer wants. But the fact that he cared enough to say, "I don't think that'll look that great," um, that really helped. 
I think that I think that's an important thing that kind of we've discussed here and it's kind of you know been a big thing with shops like me and Andy and you know there's a ton of shops like us but I feel like a lot of it is there's two two big sides to like being a big printer there's the custom ink and those kind of places where they would rather you go on their website you know put in the artwork not talk to anybody submit it you know you get a proof back and you say approved and then it goes you never actually talk to a physical person um and then the other side of it is we like to say even though we're kind of bigger we like to say mom and pop but like you can actually call like me or you might have my cell phone number or you, you have my direct email or whatever and like that's the personal part of it is where we don't want the you know necessarily i mean we'll take it but we don't necessarily hunt for the people coming for family reunions or whatever that can just go online you know they want a shirt of two people high-fiving and it says something stupid on it you know it's we want you to come in and we'll talk you through the whole process we'll you know point you in the right direction of a really good shirt brand or you know whatever and then we'll walk you through the artwork and then when you're done you have exactly what you were looking for because most people who are looking for shirts aren't brands and they, they, they don't know what they want. You know what I mean? They don't know what's out there. They don't know what's available. So walking them through the whole process um, and making them feel comfortable is super important. And that's what you get a lot of return business from is because you, you made a relationship or, you know, you became friends or whatever, instead of just being like, punch some numbers in a website, take your money and then maybe we'll hear from me again. I don't know. Yeah, because I think that's so important that that personal experience. Every single every single shirt that uh, that they print, that shirt Kong prints, I bring home and I package myself. And on every single receipt, I handwrite a note specifically to that person. Um, it may be the same message of you know, thank you for your support, but I also you know have their name on there. And then if there are people that or multiple times I remember we've had conversations on Instagram, you know, or if I see that they made a post about, um, you know, there was an, uh, an officer shot in their area, you know, I always to make sure to put something on there that's personal to them because I guess I look at it as somebody who has once not had money. Um, uh, and at one time relied on government assistance to survive. Um, money is an important thing. And when people spend their money that they've worked hard for, that means something to me. And so the fact that they would take their own money to purchase, I mean, it's so surreal. I mean, it's been three years and every time I I get an order still, it gives me chills. The fact that somebody would buy something from me is really, really cool and surreal. So um, I feel like I at least owe that to them to let them know that I see them and that I appreciate them. You can't, I mean, I've had people all over the country say, I want to print your shirts. I could do it for this much. I can do it cheaper. You know, how much are you getting it? Blah, blah, blah. But, you know, number one, there's that loyalty. Um, you know, Andy's done a lot to help me. There are times that I've needed to crunch some time and, and everything. And he's come through. I mean, he took the time to help make that, to actually make that film, that video. So there's that loyalty aspect. Um, but then also that personal experience. I mean, this is a journey that we're walking through sometimes running through stumbling through together, but this is a part of our journey. And so, um, so yeah, it's that personal touch that I, I, for me, I have to have. I think you, you both hit on something that is really important and I forget sometimes, you know, I get caught up in, in the production, like today's production schedule and, Hey, all of these orders have to be done or what's wrong with this press or what's wrong with this print, you know, just get st- shirts out the door that um, you hit on something really important. And that is, is that this means something to you. You know, when you come pick up your order or w- whether you're a brand, I see some people that will come to the front counter to pick up their box of shirts or, or sometimes just one shirt, it doesn't matter. And they'll take the shirt out of the bag or out of the box and put it on right there. Like in our, in our, showroom like at the at the pickup counter they'll put the shirt on right then and for whatever reason if maybe it's their you know their restaurant that they're opening that t-shirt is like it makes things legit you know like okay well you know it's sort of like maybe getting a business card you know like until you have that shirt you're you're not really 
a, a business yet. And so, and then with your brand, you know, it's really important to you. Or if it's a, a walk for autism or whatever, I forget, you know, we, we see shirts all day long, orders all day long. And it's sometimes it's just, you know, to get on to the next one. And uh, uh, so it's good to stop to think about. It's important. It's important to you and it means a lot. And you get it home, just like you said, and you write these personal notes. So that's really cool. Dylan, are you going to make fun of that comment? Because <laughs> <laughs> no. no. it's true. I, I mean, it really is. I mean, it's, I talked about this in a couple podcasts recently, but it's kind of like um, Jordan from Mind's Eyes is the one who told it to me. And I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. And it's kind of the, you know, we're in, we should be a customer service business that screen prints on the back end. You know what I mean? Yeah, we you're a be, customer service company that happens to print shirts. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Customer service company first. Right. Yeah. And you forget about that a lot of times because you get in this defensive mode, even, you know, at the front counter, if something's wrong or whatever, and you're just, you need to say, Oh wait, what's, what's wrong. If, even if nothing really is wrong, if they're not happy, well then got to make them happy. So, so yeah, cool. So where, so where are you at now? What's going on with your, what's next? Um, right now, Brandon is actually, uh, designing. Well, I, I've got another idea for another shirt. And so we're going to start getting a few, uh, a few other shirts and hoodies and some sweats and some socks and some hats going. Um, cause it's, I mean, with this, the sneaker culture and, um, I mean, it's just, there's so many different things that you can do. And so just going to work on expanding that. I spent a lot of 2020 buying a lot of shoes and, uh, um, this, the sneaker game has completely changed with bots and, um, everything being online, um, stores shut down. I mean, it's almost impossible to get a shoe that's a general release now. So that's changed. And so, um, you know, you just have this kind of shift in the culture. So, I want to kind of create my own thing during this shift and just kind of empower a lot of people, um, you know, giving hope, uh, talking about, uh, mental health and, and making sure that I, on Twitter every single morning, I make sure that I say the same thing and I've been doing it for the past month and a half now. Um, because there are a lot of people that were struggling with their own mental health. It, guys, we have been, we've been conditioned to just be tough and to be the quote unquote, pick ourselves up by the bootstraps and tough it out. Um, you know, to where if you tell another guy that you love them, people make fun of you. And so then they wonder why, you know, men are committing suicide at the rates that they, that they are. Well, we got to have love in there. And so it should be normal for another dude to say, man, I love you, dude, or I love you, bro, or, you know, that should be normal. Hey, Juan, but it, Juan I love you. And Dylan, I love you, man. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. I shouldn't be laughing at this, but it just like super reminds me of a, like Bill Burr is like one of my favorite comedians. It reminds me of one of his sketches where he talks about how guys at like 60 just drop dead because they just suppress so many feelings their whole life about like, <laughs> like they can't say, they can't say a puppy is cute. Or, you know, some guy comes around the corners and it's just like, Ugh! it's like, they just suppress that so much. He's like, why can't we just say like, oh, that's a cute puppy or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> he's like, you can't, he's like, it just, they bottle it up, bottle it up. And then all of a sudden they just drop dead. It's just like, you're talking about this heartfelt, like people saying things. I'm giggling in the background. because I'm just <laughs> thinking of this Bill Burr sketch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's exactly right. I mean, you and that's what happened to me. It was probably two months ago. Um, I found myself in a parking lot with my hands just shaking and feeling paralyzed and telling myself that I, I don't want to be here. And I realized that the weight of my world was not only um, my shoulders weren't strong enough to carry it anymore and they came crashing down. And so I had a choice to make. What was I going to do? And I called somebody and I started to get help, but you shoulder all of those emotions for so long, only eventually you're going to fall apart. 
And, you know, that's kind of why I started getting to this parts therapy of accepting those to where I no longer have to manage them. Um, I can just accept them and they can coexist. But um, making sure that everybody in the world knows that they're loved, or at least somebody tells them that they love them. And so every single morning um, when I wake up, I go on Twitter and I say the same thing. And it says, I love you. You are worthy of love. And so I want people to know that there's somebody out there that I think on Twitter, you're the only person saying that. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Does it get retweeted? It does get retweeted. Okay. Uh, Interesting enough. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think number one, we have to let people know that they're loved. But then two was something that I struggled with was feeling like you're worthy of love. Like, you wouldn't believe it. Like, Oh, I love you. Like, no, 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 you don't. You can't because I'm not worthy of love. I want people to know that no matter what they've done or no matter what's happened to them in their life, they're deserving of love. Okay. <laughs> so I got, I got a, we made a connection. <laughs> yeah. See, screw shirt Kong. Come to upstate. I'll, tell, I'll show you how it's really done. I won't make you, you wait for your order either. Here, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what this was really for. Fuck off, Dylan. Yeah. So <laughs> he just wanted to make sure that uh, yeah. uh, that I was I was a good guy before right. he took me. I just wanted to shame Andy <laughs> in front of everybody. <laughs> um, I got an Inksoft sponsored question for you. Okay. Of all the movies ever made, what movie would you be in, and what character would you be? <laughs> wow! Oh, golly. Um. <clears throat> I have always wanted to be in um, like an action uh, comedy. Don't steal my oh comedy. Okay, never mind. So like an action comedy. So kind of kind of like uh, uh, the other guys, kind of something like that. But I really would want to be like more of a character of like The Rock because like I mean he's like super dope and hard, but then like he's got that kind of comedic side to him too. So you wanted to be um, Dwayne Johnson and Tooth Fairy. Is what you're saying? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, maybe in Jumanji, but uh, but yeah. So I knew so this question like- already, and so I went around trying to trying to because I I jumped from movie to movie, and I finally landed on The Matrix. Oh, because well, The Matrix one, the first one. Yeah, and Neo. I, my second one caveat my second one uh john wick i'd love to be oh john yeah wick. yeah yeah. <laughs> i just saw joanne and i uh rented um bill and ted's uh, <laughs> yeah mm. don't thumbs down it was awesome Sorry, dude no you saw it too uh-uh. yeah i fucking love uh, bill and ted nah, it worked <laughs> i grew when up was, with that shit well i'm okay yeah the first one but not this one man dude Sorry. how do you expect them to pull it off like they just were all makeuped up and you know they <laughs> Made just it work. didn't work as like 50 year old guys, you know, anymore. Yeah. For me, it was, it was forced a little bit with the daughters with like the way they were talking and everything. That was the worst part about it. Like if they yeah. didn't have their kids in that, they need to get rid of that whole, whoever's I feel idea, like, I don't know. I feel like the kids were okay, but they were overacting to be like mm. acting like them in the old movies. I don't know. I liked it. It was fun. Yeah. But John Wick, back to your John Wick, there could be like a hundred John Wicks, you know, oh, yeah. there probably will be, they could just make one every year. Well, we're waiting for the next one, but they they had to stop filming because of because uh, of Rona, and so uh, it's, it sucks. We're waiting for it. Yeah, yeah. All right, Dylan. Uh, what, what what movie are you going to be in? I want to be I want to be Nicolas Cage in all of his crazy roles in all of his movies. Which yeah, I want to be like Nick Cage in uh, Face Off. Yeah, and face off. Yeah. That would we'll be do face perfect. off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or what is it? What is it? Wicker Man, where he like, doesn't he like, I don't know, he like gets in a fight with a woman or whatever and has the bees on his head. Have you ever heard of the movie Valley Girl? Isn't that one no. of the really old ones? Yeah, from it was like the 80s cult classic. Yeah. And, uh, but if you haven't seen it, rent it. I <laughs> love it. Yeah. We used to uh, we used to watch a video in the shop that was like 
Nicolas Cage loses it on YouTube and it's like all the scenes where he just like loses his mind. Um, and one of the ones is like, I can't remember what movie it's from, but it's like him. I think it's, I think he's in the rain in the street and he's just like, oh. but we used to do that. Like anytime anything went wrong in the shop, we would grab a screen and like slump the shoulders and drag it across the floor and be like, oh. <laughs> pretty sure the screen, the, the wallpaper on the computer in the shop on the shop computer is Nick Cage from Con Air with his hair in the wind. Yes. <laughs> You're saying that that's the first thing I'm picturing in yeah. Con Air. Yeah, Con Air, dude, straight up. That's what I said, <laughs> Nick Cage gets all the roles. Well, yeah. thanks for coming on. Uh, we've wanted to do this for a while with you. Um, you're a mentor to, to me in so many different ways. And so uh, it was great talking to you and, and Dylan, you know, not so much, but whatever hey Juan you're uh you're more of a mentor to me I will treat you better um if you, hey after this you know you know who to call I got you I got you don't worry he doesn't print socks though I won't call you I was holding my tongue I won't call you and tell you we can't do something because we can do a lot of cool stuff here he and he just can't do that shit in his place yeah <laughs> I'm gonna well, thank, teach, thank you. teach us well, thanks guys for having me on. Uh, yeah, I, I'm also a photographer and videographer and that happened, uh, because of that dude right there who taught me about S log. And, uh, it's, it's funny because I used to, well, I've, I've filmed commercials for like during the Super Bowl and the Olympics and stuff. And it's funny to, I mean, I, I shoot for an NFL player too. And it's funny to go back when I started like times where Andy was afraid to even let me hold his camera because <laughs> he was afraid I would drop it or break it uh but yeah, I, I would have I would have let you hold the camera <laughs> I know you would yeah I got you but, I uh, trust and respect <laughs> but yeah a lot of the uh my style has completely changed but a lot of the the framework and foundation of it um you'll see it in in it's a, there's a hint of Andy in there. So, um, so I appreciate him. Well, you've for, grown with your, with your, uh, creative side and your in this, in that art form, whereas I haven't, my videos look the same. <laughs> so this is like, a, this is a case where like the student, uh, goes, flies by the teacher. What, what is that called? There's something where that, there's a name for that. And so this is, this is definitely that case. It's like in Cobra Kai, like when Karate Kid, you know, he grows up and then, is that I didn't see that yet. I, I want to say it probably <laughs> happened in that movie. <laughs> All right, that but for good. real, that was good. <laughs> it was uh, <laughs> great talking to you, and um, and we'll see you soon. Yeah, thanks, Thank dude. You. Yeah, thanks a lot. Right. Peace. Hey, hey. <laughs> how are you i love you that worked out <laughs> my fucking ass hurts so bad from sitting on the floor in this van right now the you're on the actual floor yes yes i'm my ass is 100 percent numb i've been trying to like shift and move because we've been over this how i don't actually have an ass so it's oh, really right. just my tailbone sitting my legs on. are crossed and i i can't uncross them because i've lost all blood flow <laughs> all right so yeah yeah i have things to do Okay, me too. Love you. Yeah, love you too. Peace. All right, bye.